Martin. Martin. Jobber Talk with Martin. Jobber Talk with Martin. And welcome to Chapter 2, Volume 1 of our continuing saga of the PWR History Rundown. PWR presents Terminus. Live from the MCS, the Makati Cinema Square Arena, 12-13-14, basically translates to December 13, 2014, the second event of PWR and the last event of PWR to close 2014. And I have to tell you, it was a great way to close 2014 on a high note. Let's start with the first segment. We finally get to see the PWR general manager, Stanley C. Well, here we call him Mr. C. The Mellow 94.7 DJ made his debut flanked by two men who we will soon know as the fighters for hire. That's right, Joey Bax and Miguel Rosales was there with Mr. C as he strolled down ringside to the cheers of the PWR Revo Nation. He said that he is the new guy he will be watching. That's right, he will be watching people to see who deserves what, And basically what the general manager does, he'll be watching. There you go. Anyway, let's go to the next match. It will be Panzer versus Warren Part 2, which already surpassed Panzer Warren Part 1 back in Renaissance. These two put on a show, put on a clinic. There were super kicks. There was some high octane offenses. And there was some coarse language coming from Ken Warren. So that wasn't that much PG. Not PG at all. Um, We saw Ken Warren trying to finish things off with his Wi-Fi. But Panzer got with the win because he avoided those. And he kicked the living lights out of Ken Warren with his finisher, the Panzer Strike, for the pinfall. And he has evened the score 1-1. So here's the score. Warren won at Renaissance. And at Terminus, Panzer won. So there's going to be a rubber match sometime in the future. And I'm going to tell you, it will be nice. It'll be great. Uh, Another thing I want to note is Ken Warren's outfit was similar to a Ronald McDonald kind of thing. You take off the jacket and his socks look like McDonald's. (laughs) And yeah, the fans really, really got him on that. They were chanting that at the start of the match. What's your overall thoughts for the first two segments? I am so glad to see the PWR people giving us, the Revonation, a PWR general manager. Like I said, earlier we saw the debut of Mr. C, the very, very first PWR GM that we saw right there inside the PWR ring compared to insert name here but he's not here but yeah he's a general manager or he heads this damn thing now that's different mr c being visible watching being seen that's a good move a second good move is the panzer warren match i loved panzer warren heck those two are like my favorite workers i mean of my top five pwr workers those two top 
they're they're right up there anyway aside from those two um we got to see one of my other favorite wrestler at that time and even up to now kanto terror trying to face off with the unbeatable well fine he he lost in chapter one the guy who has laid out a lot of people in renaissance main max Canto Terror wants revenge. Nelson Jr. wants revenge. What better way to get vengeance, oh sweet vengeance, than teaming up and beating up on the guy who beat them up right there and there in the ring after having a beer bash. Sad to say for Canto Terror, D. Nelson Jr. was not here. He might have been off somewhere having a basketball tournament, so yeah. Hashtag priorities. So this left Kanto Terror in a pickle. Thankfully, uh, a very game audience member, you know, was picked. And his name is Mark Di Manalo, who would soon turn out to be one of my other favorite people here in PWR. Uh, the guy had this Lito Atienza-like t-shirt, hence why we were chanting Lito. He had this hat he also had this mayhem brannigan button pin near his sleeve or his chest area he put on the best batangueño accent i heard he's like ala eh ako si mark di manalo idol ko si stone cold steve austin i don't know the verbatim but that was the point of his uh introduction to the revo nation and he was entertaining as heck and that saw the birth of pwr's best tag team of all time beer prom d so there they were and main max made his way to the ring who clearly dominated both canto terror and mark di manalo so first to say um i like mark di manalo's debut he took those chops to the chest at the corner very well he even he sold it perfectly he like had screams of agony wails of pain Man, that that's like Oscar. That's like Oscar material right there. Mark DiMonalo, if you're listening, you the man. That's how you make a debut. Speaking of wrestling debuts, we'll go there later. Right now, let's go to the next match. Well, a match that I thought would be a match, but sad to say, something happened midway. Anyway, Brian Leo and Scarlett come out to make fun of the audience and one certain audience member did not appreciate that i mean everyone hated brian leo spiel that we are sons and daughters of what pock pox and jeepney drivers come on bro that's low that's so low that's like a low blow man however someone as i said took exception to that and her name is mama panzer Mama P was so pissed off. She was like shouting or hollering at Scarlett and Brian Leo to like go back to their first world country if she doesn't like to be here or if he doesn't want to be here and just makes fun of us. You know, now that's heel heat right there. You make someone so mad like Mama Panzer to be that pissed. Props to you guys, but damn, that was scary. No, seriously, I was kind of near that. Like, I was sitting, like, just diagonally across that row. And she was so livid. Man. Jesus, man. But yeah, 
good job, good uh, mic time by Leo, you know. And then Bombay Suarez came out and started kicking Leo right in the ass. However, midway he had to stop because apparently classical Brian Leo broke his neck. He fell down and it seems so legit, that injury. I Even I was like surprised. So, God, I thought for the first time in just the second show of PWR that there was a legit injury. And it was one of their top bad guys. God, even like Bombay was starting a uh, Brian Leo chant. I think, yeah, yeah, I, I remember him making a Brian Leo chant. And just right where he was about to help Leo off the ring, Leo kicks him. Ha! He'll hit. And then that pissed off General Manager C who said, Okay, this doesn't work. You guys should break it off. We'll have a main event tonight and it's gonna be a tag team match. Playa Hala Hala. You know, Mr. C uh, channeling his inner Teddy Long there. I like that. Though, yeah, I agree with Camus and Roe that he should have said Hala Hala. You know? Belidet. Alright, the next match would be the False Count Anywhere match between the Apocalypse and Mayhem Brannigan. So let's give you a little recap of what happened in Renaissance. Mayhem had the first match after he interrupted the Royal Flush. He defeated Robin Sane via KO after doing the Rock and Roll finisher. Sad to say, during the same night, the PWR board have given Mayhem the pink slip for doing such things. And here I was wondering, okay, so if he laid out one guy, does that mean Main Max is next? No, because Main Max is a scary mother hump. God, I have to keep it PG, huh? That if you try to pink slip him, you might have been Blitzkrieg or choke bombed. So, uh, nice move, PWR board. You guys are kind of smart on that one. But not smart in the sense that you fired Mayhem? Come on, man. So the thing here is, if Mayhem wins, he gets reinstated. So of course, let's see how he won. Mayhem won, but it was a very hard-fought match. The False Count Anywhere match, they were brawling in the ring with weapons. They were brawling outside the ring. They even brawled to the second floor. And I thought that Apocalypse would have tossed Mayhem off the damn balcony. That was scary. That was a very cliffhanger-y uh, thing to do. Although there will be in the future chapters that you'll find out that yes, Mayhem did, f you know, he did come from the second floor and he went down in a blaze of glory. Which highlighted one of PWR's most hardcore and iconic moments. But right now, let's focus on Terminus, where Mayhem and the Apocalypse put on a hardcore wrestling show, and it was brutally awesome. Tombstone, super kicks. Wait, no, that was Warren Panzer, the super kick. Tombstones, um, cookie trays, thumbtacks, and even Singapore canes came into the equation. But as I said, the rock and roll finisher, defeated the apocalypse and mayhem brannigan is officially back in pwr and that's right speaking of things that are right the pwr boot camp challenge was underway 
and it was Jake DeLeon who entered the ringside. Nope, that's not Jake DeLeon, but that's his music. And a guy named John Sebastian came in the ring and cut a promo. And he was so damn confident. He knows he's going to win. That's what he's. That's how he looked like. He doesn't think. He knows he will win against JDL, one of the top PWR guys. True to his word, he put on a show. Uh, Sebastian and Jake DeLeon was a nice match. It showcased Jake DeLeon's high-flying arsenal, the drop kicks, the high elevation of his elbow drops. He's doing awesomely with his technical prowess, wrist locks, arm bars. Uh, he also did the Rolling Thunder, which is going to be part of his arsenal, the payroll, the Hampas Lupa, the, and he finished things off with the El and drop. But that's not to say that John Sebastian didn't have any offense. Oh no. Sebastian did an awesome stinger splash off the corner. He also delivered an, ah, uh, I don't know, how can I say this? An on Anderson-like spine buster on the mat against JDL. Man, I should have mumbled. That's not how Regal talks. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like I said, um, Sebastian showed some awesome offense. So that's like the things to come. He has yet to do the John Cena-like moves. We'll see that in the next few shows. But, dude, I like it. I like how he debuted. So, yeah, props to you too, John Sebastian. Uh, the two debuts here, in ring, I mean, were Mark DiManalo and John Sebastian. Both polar opposites in a way that how they got in to the ringside. Mark DiManalo got recruited by Counter Terror. John Sebastian came out to JDL's music that's ballsy and that like integrated into the character of john sebastian that he doesn't give a damn and that's cool that's cool in my books but right now they had a handshake to end it all so yeah that's like very classy of brian lee or sorry that was very classy of jdl compared to brian leo earlier ah i saved that anyway Speaking of JDL, he had to stay at ringside because Bombay Suarez has chosen him to be his tag team partner for the main event of SmackDown. Holla holla. Oh wait, wrong show. Uh, to be in the main event of PWR Terminus. So Brian Leo comes out. Who is his uh, hand-picked tag team partner? None other than the steamroller himself, Main Max. So Max versus, I don't know, JDL apparently stemmed from this night. So it was Bombay and JDL versus Main Max and Brian Leo. To start off, what happens? JDL and Bombay Suarez do their best Tajiri impersonation and spit at the faces of their opponents with the mist. That was awesome. And then we get to the very, very first PWR tag team match in history. It was an epic main event. We saw JDL and Bombay versus Max and Leo, right? We saw JDL and Bombay delivering the Dudley Boys, the Dudley Death Drop, the 3D Baby. However, the uh, future Royal Flush duo had the advantage again when. De Leon was locked in a sharpshooter. 
it's it's like harking back to Renaissance. Brian Leo kept working on JDL's leg, sharpshooter, figure four, you name it. And then Main Max comes in and works on JDL yet again. But let's just say JDL made a comeback, tagged out to Bombay, and had a hard time trying to take Main Max down. They finally take him down with two super kicks. It was a super kick fiesta, baby. Bombay also pulled off a hat trick or the Eddie Guerrero Tree Amigos thing on Leo. And then Main Max came in. However, Bombay delivered a very awesome kick to his face. Here's the deal though. Remember what Main Max did in Renaissance? He laid out two. Count of Terror, Dean Olsen Jr., Epitaph, Mike Vargas, and The Apocalypse. Karma's a bitch. So Main Max, while he was almost in control, got interfered by The Apocalypse. The Apocalypse, the masked man known as The Apocalypse. He came down ring sad and he attacked Main Max, baby. So it was a brawl between the big guy and the big guy with the uh, mask. Sad to say, with Max gone at ringside, it was a 2-on-1 against the poor Brian Leo. And this is how things ended. Brian Leo got hoisted up for the Aleep and Drop. Nope. It's going to be a combo of the Aleep and Drop and Kick of the Day. So imagine a Samoan Drop with a combination of an Inzagiri Kick to the head. That was an awesome way to finish things off at Terminus. Before the show ended though, Mayhem Brennigan came in. He brought his contract. He signed on the dotted line. Alright. He signed there. And guess what? He's back in PWR. So all the three good guys were there. They did the Wolfpack sign, the Click sign, or Too Sweet Me, however you call it. And the night ended. And this is the end of chapter 2. Between chapter 1 and 2, I can also tell you some pre-show notes. Uh, let's see. Originally, it was, yes, indeed, Nelson Jr. and Kanto Terror versus Main Max. However, the uh, wrestler for Dean Nelson Jr. wasn't there due to scheduling conflicts. I heard it's a personal, you know, personal uh, engagement or something. So something was happening outside PWR. Also, the last appearance officially of Mike Vargas, Robin Sane, and Epitaph was at Renaissance. So you will not see them here, nor at ringside. After PWR Terminus was 2005, so between Terminus and 2015, sorry, not 2005, I meant to say 2015, there was a new Facebook page for PWR. There were new people, aside from Mr. C, there was a new ring announcer, and this guy's name is Raf Kamas, so he seemed to have a job for life. However, this will also be a debut of someone else in the crowd if you notice there were certain bouncers there they will be future pwr wrestlers what am i saying they will be because those are boot campers so they're just there to uh be quote unquote the security people so if you guys are seeing these guys in pwr black shirts or black t-shirts at the events most likely they are training at boot camp 
Okay, and they will be debuting soon, either at the pre-show or at the main show itself. Anyway, like I said, I like the way how Terminus ended 2014 for PWR. It had the very first False Count Anywhere match, I think. Yeah, yeah. It had the very first tag team match. And it had the very first GM that we can actually see, which is Mr. C. Boise moves. Get it? And... Furthermore, I finally saw some good merch. Uh, this was the start of people selling merchandise, PWR-related merchandise, I think, at the merch table. Maybe they sold merchandise during Renaissance, but I didn't notice it. But I noticed it now, especially the Mayhem Brannigan button pins, because, yeah, I saw one on Mark DiManalo. And that's the end of Chapter 2 of our Volume 1 coverage of the PWR History Rundown. I am your host, Martin. Also, do not forget to subscribe to us here at Channel 14 on our YouTube page. We also have a Twitter account, so follow us on Twitter. It's at CH14. That's all letters. At CH14 on the Twitter. We also have a Google Plus page. We will get to updating that Google Google Plus page, okay? Also, do not forget to help us to be unsuckier in the podcast game by being our patron. Being a patron here in Channel 14 costs around $4 per month. If you don't have that money, because come on guys, I listen to podcasts too. I don't want to pay for jack shit, but if I want to help out, I'd buy something in Amazon. If you can't, if you think it's too much, like $4 a month, I understand. I'm cool with that. We're cool with that. Any amount counts. That's why we also have a PayPal account there at our main page beside our Patreon icon. You can donate through PayPal. Help the Channel 14 endeavor of giving us better equipment, better hosting, or maybe just at least help us pay for our next year in web hosting here. You know, it might get more expensive due to the downloads or whatever. Anyway, aside from that, check out our other shows check out third world linux if you're a linux guy if you're just a techie and like to talk about linuxy and windowsy or nah, they're gonna talk about linuxy stuff we also have third world gaming yeah it's still there and we have the ever ever popular radio norm it's back for season two it has released two episodes and i'm telling you if you have yet to hear them you have to hear them this is the best Radio Norm episodes I've ever listened to. And that's not because he's my friend. It's because it's actually good, man. And that's all I can tell you guys. That's all I can advertise. That's all I can shell out for tonight. Take care and spike your hair. Woo, woo, woo. You know it, just like Zack Ryder says. reached this segment this is the off-tangent segment and i'd like to give a shout out to the boys and girls of pwr who are listening right now and who are listening to our previous jobber talk episodes guys there's a hidden gem of an episode in third world linux i'll post it here no i won't just just check out the episode where we were talking about royal rumble okay when we talk about the rumble it's somewhere in january it's also awesome because I'm not the only wrestling fan here. Trust me. All of us here in Channel 14 are wrestling fans. Well, save for one or two. 
Norm, you better watch. You might like wrestling again. Anyway, other shoutouts. Uh, let's see. Hey, uh, happy birthday to you, Mr. Abner. Yes. Wise Prophet Abner turns a year older this year, this month, or last month if this episode comes out in March. Live long, Toblerone all day, Mr. Abner. Another thing I'd like to talk about right now is the uh, trade deadline that happened last Feb. And I'm a bit disappointed by the trades that happened. Well, at least I got one prediction, right? The Sixers will still make a trade. <laughs> Come on. The only thing that will surprise me is if Philly will not have a trade this in the trade deadline for the next two more seasons when they're in full tank mode. Though I do wish they, they'd get the plan right. I mean, I think this is them trying to get high picks, get good guys. Okay, Hinky or Hinkle, I hope you know what you're doing because these kids are talented. I hope you do not demoralize them by having them intentionally losing or them not having enough talent to win enough games to go to the playoffs. You know, that's it, basically. Huh. Enough about me getting on my high horse for the NBA. It's not like I, I have experience being a NBA GM outside, uh, you know, video games or the 2K series. <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever. Anyway, another thing I've been watching has been Survivor. Survivor's back, baby. And it's Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn. Uh, I'm very entertained at this Thai guy, uh, the guy from the Beauty Tribe. Oh gosh, uh, the bromance with him and Caleb. Him, uh, <coughs> sorry about that. Him climbing up the tree trying to get the hidden immunity idol key and he couldn't because it's too hard for him. And he's like, I wonder how Ozzy did this. This is so hard. <laughs> oh man. That was so epic. And yeah, as of this recording, I only listened, I've only watched uh, episode two. So if episode three were out, you'd know I have more to talk about in the next few chapters, <laughs> in the next few episodes of Jobber Talk. My winner's pick would have been, well, I have no real winner's pick. I just really, really hope that Ty would last long. Heck, I wish that he'd win. That'll be fun. In a good way. I, I don't know. It'll be amusing too. I wonder who's going to be the new Tony Vlachos here. Obviously, it's not from the Braun tribe. Because Scott Pollard is Scott Pollard like he is in the NBA. He's just tall and he's just there. I really hope he gets some strategy going on with him. Because right now, it's the other guy who's like running the show and... Gosh, Pollard, you gotta, you gotta outlast Uncle Cliffy. I think you have more, more strategic mindset, I hope. You know, it'll be humiliating to see you get booted off earlier than Cliffy or same time as Uncle Cliffy. Other things I'd like to note out. Yeah, like I said, in Bodega Nights, there was a, uh, concert back at my my office's lobby a few weeks ago post valentine's gig let me just say um it was enjoyable um also um uh, good job you yeah okay uh anyway 
you'll be noticing in the next few episodes of the PWR History Rundown, it'll not be just me, it'll be John. Me and John having our views because starting 2015, I kind of drag him into watching it with me. So thank you, John, for joining me in this endeavor. You know, we'll be talking about chapters 3 onwards of volume 1 of PWR History with me and Jen. Alright. Furthermore, there will be a special episode coming here to Jobber Talk. I can't tell the details right now, but all I can say is it's gonna be... (laughs) 